0: Who you follow will shape what you become. The men who followed Saul became very different men from the men who followed David. Their character was formed by the company that they chose and the leadership to which they submitted.
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And today we're continuing our series about the life of David, So today, Colin, we're going to hear about the importance of picking healthy role models.
0: Yeah, we're looking at the story of Saul and of David and how different they were. Saul was a destroyer. And we're going to look today at the pattern of a destructive person. There are distinguishing marks of a person who is destructive in their very nature. It's very important to know what they are and to be able to recognize that. And of course, what happened was that people that followed Saul the destroyer and hung out with him, they ended up having some of the same marks and character about them. Then later we'll come on to David. He was very different. A deliverer. Well, we want to follow the right person. We want to follow the deliverer. Jesus Christ.
1: Today we begin the message, the Deliverer and the Destroyer. So join us if you can in the first book of Samuel, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: You'll remember that last week we began to see how some people gathered around David, as of course many people were already gathered around Saul. Remember that David became commander over this motley crew, and under his leadership, they became in time uh, those who were known as his mighty men. And uh, the principle here is really a very important one, that character is shaped by the person you choose to follow. Who you follow will shape what you become. And as we pursue the story, we'll see increasingly that the men who followed Saul became very different men from the men who followed uh, David. Their character was formed by the company that they chose and the leadership to which they submitted. Now, here at a very practical level is what this means uh, for us. Your choice of friends, who you hang out with, will be a life-shaping decision for you. The character of the company that we choose rubs off on us. And this is illustrated very, very clearly in this story as uh, we follow it. The choice of the kind of ministry on which your soul is fed, your choice of the ministry that nourishes your soul, will shape in large measure the kind of Christian that you are likely to become, the books that you read, the kind of films that you watch, the websites that you habitually frequent will shape your character and they will shape your conversation. A very simple principle that who or what you follow will shape what you become. Remember the Bible says, bad company ruins good character. And so this principle is a very important one and it's illustrated again and again in the story of David and of Saul. The company that you keep will shape the character that you form. Now today we're going to see the very different character of Saul and of David emerging more clearly and more starkly than ever before in uh, the story. Saul is revealed as a destroyer. And uh, we're going to follow the story of how he destroyed the entire city of Nob. David, in contrast, is revealed as a deliverer. And we're going to follow the story that was read for us about how he delivered the city of Keilah. So these two profiles. And it becomes very obvious that the people who are gathering around these two very different leaders end up having uh, lives that move and characters that are shaped In very, very different directions. So much for us in the Word of God today. I want to give you two profiles. First, the profile of Saul, the destroyer, and then the profile of David, the deliverer, and for us to seek to shun all that is an evidence of the character of Saul and to pursue all that is the character of David. So we begin in chapter 22 with this profile of a destroyer, And remember that Saul has been looking for David. David's been able to hide successfully from him. Uh, But now in the cave of Adullam, there are these 400 men who have joined to David and pledged their allegiance to him. And uh, obviously, it's quite easy to hide when you're one person in the hills, but when you've got 400 people following you, it ain't so easy to keep undercover. And so it's not surprising that David's sightings are beginning to uh, be reported back to Saul, which of course makes him very angry. And so he calls his servants together for a little conversation. And in that conversation, I want you to see today five tactics that are habitually used by destructive people. Five characteristics of a destroyer. Anyone who has ever been in an abusive relationship of any sort will immediately recognize all of these things. They're characteristic, and it's extraordinary how consistently they are repeated. And beyond that, what I want all of us uh, to do, as I've been trying to do uh, this week, is that we would search ourselves and ask of God that he'd shine the light into our hearts and ask the question, where is there any trace of these destructive characteristics in in my life, patterns of behavior and of speech and of writing in my life that I may be, by God's grace, delivered from them. The destroyer always works with five tactics. The first is intimidation, and you have that in chapter 22 and verse 6. Saul sits at Gibeah under this tamarisk tree On the height, and notice, with his spear in his hand. And all his servants were standing around him. Isn't it interesting? Have you noticed in the story how often when we come to Saul, he's got his spear in his hand? What's all that about? Well, these servants knew about the spear. They knew how easily Saul could fly into a rage, and when he did, he could throw that spear. He'd done it twice at David, and there he is, twiddling his spear again. You know, can you imagine this? Come on now, my friends, let's have a little talk together. I have my spear right here, as you see. The spear is an unspoken threat. And that is what they knew. And Saul knew that they knew. And there he is uh, speaking. We're going to have some words together, he says. And as he turns that spear in his hand, there is an unspoken or else. That's intimidation. Did you know that the Bible gives a very clear instruction with regards to not cultivating the company of an angry person? Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 24, it's a clear instruction, take it to heart, make no friendship with a man who is given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. That's a definitive statement. Uh, People may become angry from time to time for various reasons, but if a person is given to anger, if it is habitually their character, the Bible gives you a clear instruction, do not make a friendship with that man or with that woman, because here's what will happen. The scripture goes on, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. And folks, I I don't know about your observations of our culture, but it does seem to me that the way that we are going, there are just more and more and more people in our society who live in a pattern of habitual anger. They are just angry. And that can be true in the church as well as it is true in the world. And here we have got this very clear description, because your character will be shaped by the company that you choose to keep. Therefore, make no friendship with a man who is given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, because otherwise that character will rub off on you, and you will become an angry person, and, and that's one of the marks of a destroyer. Hang around with angry people, you become an angry person. Intimidation, second tactic. Obligation. Here's the second way in which a destructive person operates. Verse 7, And Saul said to his servants who stood around him, hear now, people of Benjamin, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards? Now, remember what we saw from 1 Samuel in chapter 8 last time, that Saul exercised a kind of totalitarian rule. He really was a tyrant, And Samuel prophesied that in the days of Saul, what would happen would be that the king would take orchards and vineyards and fields. He'd just annex them. He'd take these things, these properties from ordinary people, and then he would give them as backhanders to his servants. And that's what he did. Saul's servants were used to receiving backhanders, sweeteners, we might say. And it had happened over time. Oh, you're a good servant. Here's a field, you know, like just between you and me. And here's an orchard and all this kind of thing. And the servants had received them. And now you see what is happening. Saul is using the backhanders that have been given over time as a means of control. And his message is very clear. He's saying, now you owe me. Because remember, I've been looking after you. I've been looking after you. And so now you, you owe me. A destructive person, remember this so that you can be wise, a destructive person uses what they give as a means of exercising control. Destructive people never give freely, always with strings attached. And some of you have experienced this Uh, Here you get into a relationship and someone seems very kind towards you. You go out with this person. You have the most marvelous time. No expenses spared. Uh, You have never been treated so well in all of your life. And then you begin to realize that there's something more going on here. Gradually, this person is putting you in a position where you feel under obligation. And what you thought was kindness is actually a means of gaining control. And soon the payback comes. Now you owe me. You owe me. And you know this happens all the time in the world in multiple spheres. This is just how destructive people operate, and it's all here in the Bible. Isn't this remarkable? God puts it all in the Bible because He wants His own children to be wise and to have our eyes open with regards to what it takes to live in this world where so many destructive people are all around us.
1: You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. And the message, the Deliverer and the Destroyer. And today we've been looking at the profile of the Destroyer. We'll get back to the message shortly. And if you ever miss any of our messages, or you'd like to go back and listen again, you can always do that by going to our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. There you can stream any of our previous messages directly online, or download them for free as an MP3. Also on the website, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. These are a series of short reflections, just two to three minutes long, written by Colin Smith and read by Sue McLeish. I caught up with Sue in the studio and asked her what Open the Bible Daily means to her. (laughs) Well, for many years, I've benefited from reading Colin Smith's daily devotionals, which are available on the website. I've always found them compelling and relevant. As a retired drama teacher and a person who loves God's word, I just feel very privileged to be the voice for these readings. You can find Open the Bible Daily by going to our website, openthebible.org.uk. Click on the menu item Resources and then Open the Bible Daily. We're going to get back to the message now. Here's Pastor Colin.
0: Third tactic of a destructive person is accusation. Verse 8. This is Saul speaking to his servants. All of you have conspired against me. Now, that is an extraordinary accusation, and it was absolutely without foundation. But you see, the destructive person often lives with the feeling that everybody is against them. And the reason for this is quite obvious. You see, Saul every day is consumed with, how can I destroy David? How can I destroy David? How can I destroy David? And so his natural assumption, because that's his own way of operating, is... Well, I guess everyone else has gone around saying, "How do I destroy Saul? How do I destroy Saul? How do?" I... So he builds all this up in his imagination. It is a complete fabrication, but it is characteristic of a destructive person. And so although in verse 8, he says, no one discloses to me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. Well, that was true. Uh, Jonathan had indeed made a covenant uh, with uh, David. But notice what he says next. Verse 8, none of you discloses to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as at this day. We well, he thinks David is lying in wait to ambush him. That's a complete reversal of the reality, which is that Saul is the one who's out stalking David. But this destructive person has, and this habitually happens, gets things exactly the wrong way around. The persecutor presents himself as the one who is persecuted and lashes out with these wild, wild accusations against people, his servants, who have actually been perfectly loyal towards him. Now, how often a marriage, a church, a business, a family, a ministry has been destroyed by wild accusations? And this is simply how destructive people operate. Intimidation, obligation, and accusation. Number four, manipulation. Look at verse eight. None of you is sorry for me. (laughs) Can you imagine a king saying that? Oh, you've no idea how hard it is for me to be a king. Nobody knows the pressure that I've got. Oh, why don't you have sympathy for me? This is emotional manipulation. How hard my life is, and it's a pattern of the destructive person, a tactic that is habitually used. And once you you see these things in the Bible, you say, oh, now I begin to understand more clearly what is going on in the world. And then sometimes you'll say, you know what? I just saw a trace of that in my own heart. And I know where it comes from. It comes from the destroyer. I want nothing to do with it. Fifth tactic is misrepresentation. Misrepresentation. And here we're looking at verse 13. The back story is that earlier, David, when he was alone, had gone to this town of Nob. He was hungry, and the priest there, Ahimelech, gave him bread. It was actually the showbread. You may remember Jesus referred to this story in the Gospels. And then, because David needed some means of defending himself out there on his own in the wild country... Uh, he asked if there was uh, any uh, weapon there, and uh, Himelech said, oh, you don't have weapons, but we do actually have one. And it so happens that Nob was the place where they had uh, stored the very sword of Goliath that, of course, rightfully belonged to David, who had, in that great triumph, killed him. Remember, he'd thrown the stone, and then he took Goliath's own sword and cut off his head, and there that very sword was there in Nob. And so Ahimelech says, in effect, to David, well, you know, actually, we do have one weapon. here. It is yours. It's yours. Uh, it's the sword of Goliath, and, and that's now yours, and uh, so here it is. So uh, that's what happened. Uh, Ahimelech uh, prayed for him, inquired of the Lord on his behalf, and David went on his way. Saul hears about this, that David has been there in this town of Nob, and so he calls this man, Ahimelech, to account, and Ahimelech shows up, not alone, but with a total of 85 priests. So imagine these folks in their, their outfit, 85 of them, and Ahimelech at the front, and they're standing in front of Saul. And verse 13 tells us what Saul said to Ahimelech. And what I want you to notice here is the extraordinary mixture of truth and of lies. Verse 13, and Saul said to him, that's Ahimelech, why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, that's David of course, in that you have given him bread and a sword and have inquired of God for him, so that he has risen against me to lie in wait as at this day. Now friends, look at the extraordinary mixture of truth and lies in that one short statement. Saul says to Ahimelech, you have given him bread and a sword. That was true. Ahimelech did that. He says, you have inquired of God for him. That is true. Ahimelech did that. But notice what he says next. Why have you conspired against me? The idea that Ahimelech was conspiring against Saul is an utter fabrication. It was an assumption that the only conspiracy was one that existed in Saul's mind. And then notice that he tags on a false conclusion so that David has risen against me. David never rose against Saul. David never lifted a finger to touch him. And we're going to see that next week uh, when David has the opportunity twice to take Saul's life and he will not harm him in any way at all. No, the uh, trouble is only flowing in one direction. It is not flowing back in the other. And so I want you to notice um, what is happening here. This is what destructive people do. They say some things that are true, but then they mix them up with other things that are completely false. And notice that the false elements involve particularly an assumed motive and a false conclusion. So Saul correctly states two facts you gave him bread, you gave him a sword. That's true. But then he adds an assumed bad motive. It must be that you are conspiring against me. Absolutely not. And then he draws a false conclusion. David's obviously in hiding and he's out to attack me. Absolutely not. So what this man Saul does, and this is what destructive people do, this is at the heart of misrepresentation. Take a couple of things that are factual and then add an assumed motive, draw a false conclusion, mix all together, put it out there, and you have a complete misrepresentation. Because what is conveyed in verse 13 is that somehow Ahimelech is a traitor to Saul, and there was not a shred of truth in that statement. Now, folks, in a world of Twitter and of Facebook, where massive numbers of people make instant decisions about others on the basis of minimal information, this is a truth that we desperately need to hear. And it is a great sin to assume a bad motive. It is a great sin to draw a false conclusion. And that is what destructive people habitually do. And the more clearly I've seen this in the scriptures. It's coming and say that's exactly right. It's right there in front of me in the Bible. I say, oh God deliver me from ever doing that. Because we live in a world in which that's happening all the time. Watch for any pattern of that in your own life and avoid people, and avoid places where that is the pattern for them.
1: You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, The Deliverer and the Destroyer. And today we've been hearing about the profile of a destroyer. Next time we're going to hear about the profile of the Deliverer. If you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can always go to our website, OpenTheBible.org.uk and you can go back and listen to any of our previous messages by streaming them online or by downloading an mp3 for free. That's openthebible.org.uk Open the Bible is supported by our listeners, people like you. And if you want to help and support our work of bringing God's Word to folks all over the country, we would greatly value a regular donation each month. As our way of saying thank you when you set up a regular amount of £5 or more, we'd like to send you a copy of the book You Can Trust God With Your Story, Embracing the Mysteries of Providence. It's by Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth and Robert Walgamuth. And Colin, who would you say this book's written for?
0: Oh, I think it's for every person who has ever said, what in the world is God doing? And I think, I think we've all asked that question many, many times. You know, you look at your life and you say, oh, if only something were different. If only I didn't have this illness or if only I had a believing partner, if only I wasn't in this particular situation. And what we're really doing is we're asking a question about what it is that God is doing in a circumstance that we would not have chosen. And Robert and Nancy have written a marvelous book that reminds us That it is God who writes the story of his children's lives in all of the circumstances that we face. So, you know, you look down the contents page of this uh, book, chapters on you can trust God when your marriage is in trouble. You can trust God when you're hard pressed financially. You can trust God when you lose your health. You can trust God when your child breaks your heart. Each chapter is actually aimed at a particular circumstance, and what each chapter does is it shows how God works redemptively in every circumstance of life. It's a wonderful book. It's a joy to read. It's a book of stories, and I think it's going to be a marvellous help and encouragement to everyone who reads it.
1: Well, we'd love to send you a copy of this book, if you're able to set up a regular donation of £5 per month or more. You can find details of this offer on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Pastor Colin Smith and for me, David Pick, I hope you'll be able to join us again next time on Open the Bible. This broadcast of Open the Bible was supported by our listeners. Saul was a destroyer. David was a deliverer. Are you more like the deliverer or the destroyer? Find out next time on Open the Bible.